everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet, so you don't have to, in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through November 27th. Daphne, did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Well, you know, we've had some challenges here at my house. Between me being uh, recovering and COVID uh, with my fiance. Yeah, it was a bit of a challenge, but my sister-in-law came through and brought us a great Thanksgiving dinner that actually, you know, over the course of a couple days, we were able to eat uh, what she brought. So, yeah, it was really nice. It was very quiet and different than usual because we're used to traveling to see family, but... I got to see my niece and one of my nieces and my sister-in-law when they brought everything over and it was, it was good. How about you? Mine was quiet. Nothing too big. Um, you know, just with my parents and my brother and, uh, next month we get to go see our cousins, um, my mom's, um, niece and nephew, uh, for the first time in three years. So that'll be exciting. We get to go to Atlanta. So yeah, it was quiet, but you know, I also got to see some skating too, because it was a long weekend. And so of course now we've, we finished the Grand Prix series. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, and so Yeah. yeah, we, we, next week we won't have an event. We have a break before the final. Um, but you know, we also, we gave everyone a little pre-Thanksgiving treat, Daphne, by launching our episode with Jason Brown. Uh, that yes. was a lot of fun. It was. <laughs> Jason has so much positive energy that it's contagious. And he had a lot of interesting things to say, I think, in the interview. So if you guys haven't checked it out yet, you definitely should. It was a lot of fun chatting mm-hmm. with Jason. And... Gina and I are looking forward to seeing him in, I think it's seven or eight weeks when we go to nationals. Oh my God, it's crazy to even think about. (laughs) I know. And we have Christmas to get through. I mean, before we get to do that, there are other holidays and yeah, so it's going to be really busy um, personally getting ready for the holidays. (laughs) Right, Right. But things are relatively quiet over the next, you know, two months other than mostly national championships, and then we'll get into Europeans and four continents after that. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I look at where we're at now. We started this podcast in May, which was a very quiet time. It was. And now we're getting through the season. We're going to be done before you know it as far as season one of This Week in Skating. (laughs) No, that's crazy to even think about. About, but let's let's back up a little bit. We'll talk about Finland and Grand Prix of Espa. Now, when you look at it, it looks like Espoo. I think I kept saying Espoo, but it's Espa. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Someone on Twitter confirmed that to Jackie Wong. And then I went and did additional research, and it's like, yeah, it's Espa. Yeah. So it's cool because Jackie, I think, was pronouncing it Espo, like Expo, but it is actually Espa. So we'll try to keep with that throughout our discussion of the competition. 
Yes. In Finland. Yes. Well, one thing I do want to mention, and I'm surprised I haven't mentioned it sooner, but I know people on Twitter have mentioned it, but if you were watching all of the Grand Prix, you probably saw two ladies in pink coats. Um, and they were in Finland. They had gone to every Grand Prix except NHK Trophy. Um, they are from France. Um, they were at Skate America and they actually sat next to my mom and she kind of struck up a conversation with them and found out that they're from France and they had homemade signs and flags for all of the skaters. Um, then, then they went up to Skate Canada, then they went to the uh, event in France and then um, Sheffield and then they did not go to NHK, but then Finland. Um, so I think it's really cool if anybody else has done all of, you know, have gone to all of the Grand Prix. I know that's on my bucket list. It would be nice to go to every Grand Prix in a season. But um, if anybody knows who they are, my mom did not get their names because it'd be great to have them on the podcast to talk about it because um, they were just so great fans to have uh, cheering on all of the skaters. I, I think they might have had favorites, but I never saw it because they were anytime they were shown on the camera, they had a flag for whoever was out on the, you know, ice or they had a sign. So I think they really cheered on everyone. So I just wanted to mention them because it was, it was fun to watch them, um, in the stands. It's really cool because over the last 20 years that I've been involved in skating, I've seen a lot of different fan groups come and go. I know there was a group of people, I think that used to wear yellow sweatshirts. Um, there were also, I know in the U.S. we have a small group of people that have U.S. flag, flag. jackets. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, it's really cool, like, to see, you know, this continuation of fans who are able to travel like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to be able to travel more I than I too. do. I would, too. I said it's on my bucket list to go to every Grand Prix. I know it's on Melanie's and, and Danielle and... um so but yeah robin's already done it robin did it this year yes she did it this <laughs> she year. did every single grand prix this year so. yes normally yeah. she doesn't because she doesn't go to russia but yeah she did everyone this year so well gina let's <laughs> kick it off and start talking about the men's event yes well in second after the short program team usa's Ilya malinin came back to win his second Grand Prix gold medal in his senior Grand Prix debut season. It's hard to forget. You know, it's I kind of forget that it is his first Grand Prix season. Um, and he also has now qualified for the Grand Prix final. Now, he did go for the quad axle. I'm going to say it wasn't as good as the one he did at Skate America. Um, he did stand up on it, and it did receive a cue, so it was called on the quarter. Um, and he kind of put his hand down. So I don't, again, it wasn't as good as his one at Skate America, in my opinion. Now, he did my favorite, the triple flip, triple axle combination at the end of the program. He did say he was a little mad after his short program performance and that he was hoping to forget about it for the free skate. So again, he did skate better in the free skate than he did in the short program. I think in the short program, it's it's the triple axle, and I'm wondering if it has to do with the fact that he is doing a quad axle that now it's affected him doing his 
triple axel and the consistency of that. Um, but great for him to come back and win his second gold medal in his um, senior Grand Prix debut. Now, Japan's Shun Sato moved up from third place after the short program to claim the silver medal. He landed a quad Lutz, quad toe, triple toe combination, and another quad toe in his free skate, along with five clean triples. Um, with his silver in Finland and his bronze in Sheffield, he has qualified for his first Grand Prix final. He said he didn't think he would make it to the final, but he is happy he qualified for it. Now, Kevin Amos of France was the leader after the short program. In the short program, he did not attempt a quad, and he was the only one to really skate clean in the last group. And I'm going to talk about the short program in a second. Now, in his free skate, no quads. Um, he had two triple axles and five triples. He said skating last was difficult. Um, he said, you know, the six-minute warm-up felt like it didn't exist because he had like a 45-minute wait to take the ice again. Now, this is Kevin's uh, third bronze of his Grand Prix career. Unfortunately, he withdrew from France, so he won't be able to compete at the final. Now, here's what I wanted to talk about, the short program. So I watched the short program of the men's event in between my two ice sessions um, at the rink. I got off the ice during the ice resurfacing, put my phone up, and I was watching Peacock on my phone. And a girl from China, she goes to school in the area. She came in, she goes, are you watching Grand Prix France and I, or Finland? And I said, yes. And so she came and sat down next to me. And she mentioned how none of the men have reached or topped 100 in the short program this season. And you know what? I don't think I realized it right away. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, we've been at like the 80s. We've maybe had 90s, but we've been pretty... You know, no one has hit 100 or, or gone above 100. Um, and I think a lot of it is, we, you know, we did have some changes with um, scoring a little bit, especially with the uh, program components. Um, and it's a rebuilding year for sure with a lot of new faces, a lot of new talent coming in and competing in the Grand Prix. So I don't think we're there yet to get, you know, the 100. You know, if Ilya skates clean a little bit more, I mean, he hasn't had a clean short program is what I should say. Maybe he could push a little bit. But yeah, that was it was interesting to hear somebody else say it because I maybe I re realized it when looking at the protocols that, no, no, we really haven't had a men hit 100. And then um, hearing somebody else say it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I think Shoma Uno, too. Has the potential to top yes, 100. Yes, yes, definitely. Done it before. He's done it before, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um. You know, but we don't have Nathan, who's broken 100, or and Yuzuru Hanyu. Yeah. So yeah, but it was just interesting to hear. Um. It was nice to talk, sit and um watch an event with somebody. You know, normally I don't get to do that unless I'm at uh an event in person. So it was nice to have someone come in and uh, watch um the event with me. So the men's finalists for the Grand Prix final are Ilya Molinin, um, Shoma Uno, Kao Mira, Soto Yamamoto, Daniel Grossel, and Sean Sato. Wow. Again, the final. We'll be talking about that next week in our yes, episode. Yes. We may not have anything going on for events this coming week, but we will look <laughs> we'll ahead have something to, the to final. talk about. Yeah. 
So in the women's event, Japan's Mai Mihara claimed her second Grand Prix gold medal this season. Uh, it wasn't a clean skate for her. She had two under-rotated triples and she popped her flip. She said that she had a lot of regrets, but is happy to go to the Grand Prix final. Um, Belgium's Luna Hendricks, who was the leader after the short program, won the silver medal. She fell on her triple lots and her triple flip in her combination was called under-rotated. She was not happy with her skate. She said she knows she can do better than that. She said she wasn't the Luna she normally is because she is really powerful and that was what was missing today. She said, you know, she felt weak. She did qualify for her first Grand Prix final, which we'll get to that list in just a minute. Japan's Monokawabi won the bronze medal. She was second in the free skate and earned a season's best free skate score. Japan's Rika Kiara moved up from sixth after the short program to finish in fourth place. Again, she missed most of last season or all of last season, really, with an injury, missed out on going to the Olympics. Like, this is her comeback tour, mm-hmm. and I feel like she's getting stronger. With every competition, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. She is. So she's on her way back, and yep. I know she may not have all the technical content in there that she wants at this point, But I'm excited for her because I feel like each week she's Mm -hmm. just getting better and better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One item of note, Finland's Jenny Serenin told the media that this was her last event. She's going to retire. She said she had difficulties after the Olympic season and that she has accomplished all of her goals in the sport. Yes. Yeah. So Grand Prix finalists are Mai Mihara, Luna Hendricks, Yilam Kim, Kaori Sakamoto, Isabel Levito, and Rinka Watanabe. Well, moving on to the pairs, Italy's Rebecca Gilardi and Filippo Ambersini, leaders after the short program, took home their first Grand Prix medal, a gold, and secured a spot for the Grand Prix final, which just happens to be taking place in their home country in two weeks. How incredible <laughs> is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, They were very happy about winning their first Grand Prix medal um, and then in winning the event um, on making the final. They said they didn't talk about that at the beginning of the season, but they knew they had this opportunity to make it and said, we're just happy to have this moment. So congrats to them. Now, in only their first international season together, now I think they paired up during COVID, so they really didn't have a full international season, but that's Germany's Elisa Ifomova and Ruben Blomart, who were fourth after the short program, won the silver medal. Now, this is their third silver medal of the season. They won silver in Finlandia and Nebelhorn. Now, this was their second Grand Prix event, but the first one that they got to skate all the way through as they withdrew from Skate Canada after the short program due to injury. So, Gina, um, in third place, this is not the Georgian pair team that we're usually hearing about because Anastasia Metelkina and Daniel Parkman won the bronze medal. And this is their first Grand Prix season, but we're always hearing about... Safina and Barulova. Yes. But Georgia has another Paris team. Yes, yes. And they will be the alternates for the Grand Prix final. They're one of three alternates for the Grand Prix final. 
I also wanted to mention too, Daphne, uh, the U.S.'s um, Anastasia Smirnova and Danielle Sitsania. Now, they were second after the short program, and they finished um, in fourth place overall. Um, this is their first Grand Prix season together, their first senior Grand Prix season. Now, they had to withdraw from Skate America, and I asked Danielle about that, and he said it was because he pulled his groin after Finlandia Trophy, and he needed to rest, and so they could not compete at Skate America. It's really been a difficult road for them with injuries and it COVID. Has, yeah. He had COVID, and then he told us um, he then had bronchitis, which he landed uh, landed in the hospital for that, and then he had the flu on top of that. And then they are both from Ukraine originally. They live now up in Minnesota and train up in Minnesota, but they... Um, you know, have family still in Ukraine. So it's really been a tough, tough road for them. So it's nice to see them back on competitive ice. Too bad they didn't have a great free skate, but we will see them in San Jose at nationals. And they have yes, big goals will. of possibly making the world team and the four continents team. So best of luck to them. So they were in second place after the short program. Mm-hmm. So they, they started off well. Yeah. I think that, you know, they can use this to push them through the rest of the season because they can be in that medal hunt at a grand prix that's pretty amazing for their first senior grand prix season correct yes yes yes, definitely well the grand prix finalists four pairs rika mira and ryuchi kiara alexa kinir brandon frazier deanna stiletto dudek and maxim deschamps emily chan and spencer howe sarah conti and niccolo machi and rebecca gilardi and filippo ambrosini wow that's going to be a fun competition. Sure will be. So moving on to ice dance, Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier of Canada have just set the bar so high. They've posted the highest rhythm and free dance scores. And this 219.49 in ESPA is just, it's its really setting it up there. Um, there's this sense, I feel, I feel like there's this sense of subtle, comfort and confidence mm-hmm. within their performances where they just seem very content and they're just it's there's just so much more in the performance mm-hmm. i feel like they really grew you know do, they did uh canadian stars on ice i mean they're used to doing those types of tours but i think that this season there's just a different vibe about them mm-hmm. and i it's just this comfort vibe Yes. Um, yeah. That we get from them. And they, of course, won the gold medal in SPA. Uh, winning silver, uh, Caitlin Hawaik and John Luke Baker of the United States, who continue to skate with confidence. I don't, um, I'm interested to see where they, how they fare at the final. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get all of those teams together, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, it goes without saying Piper, Gillis, Paul Poirier, Caitlin Hawaii, Jean-Luc Baker, both qualified for the final with their performances, placements here. Uh, looking at the bronze medal, after a really difficult time in the rhythm dance in France, um, Julia Turcola, Matthias versus Luis, they didn't have their best skates in France. They ended up seventh. And this is a team that's capable of more than a seventh place finish. And we got to see that here because they moved up from fourth after the rhythm dance to take the bronze medal 
Their free dance was just this beautiful classical piece. Um, Yulia is almost like a ballerina in the way that she holds herself mm-hmm. on the ice. And she really has become a remarkable dancer. Um, Matthias also was a former single skater. And they've just become such a beautiful team together. I do want to mention Christina Carrera and Anthony Ponomarenko, who ended up in fourth place. They've really grown into having a style this season. They have two solid programs. They skated pretty well here. It was not enough for the bronze medal. But I think having changed uh, training locations last year, which is always an adjustment. We've talked Mm -hmm, about that before. mm -hmm. um, It was really cool to see them kind of they're coming into their own yeah um and they're still you know relatively young in the ice dance world so yeah and christina's mentioned um that it was definitely last season was their transition you know season it is. and she is really enjoying having maddie hubble as a part of her the coaching yes. team um she talked about that so um, I think that's really helped them too to have someone who was just in their shoes literally a couple months a ago. Yeah, a couple months ago. <laughs> you know, working with them. Um, so, and they, I, I've just seen so much growth since when we saw them, you know, in nationals last yes. year to now. Yes, it's definitely. Like a new team out there. It takes time. And we've talked about mm-hmm. this before. When you change training locations, it definitely takes time to. Um, get into the new zone of where you are. One other thing I wanted to mention, um, it may have seemed like a surprise to see that China's Wang and Liu were kind of low at this event, pretty low. Um, They got a very late start to the season. And so there's no doubt they'll probably catch up Mm -hmm. with, as their programs get more mileage, they'll likely, um, their placements will definitely... I think their placements will improve because they're a great dynamic team. And I think they just need a little bit more time with their programs. Um, But I wanted to mention them because I know if anyone followed the Olympic results last year and saw their placement there, they were probably wondering, well, why are they so low at this competition? They, yeah, they need some more time. Yeah, and they just got back to Montreal too, right? Because they were yeah. still training in in China. They were so, still in China. You know, that's so. an adjustment. You know, when you've been yeah. away so long. Um. So you know, we'll we'll see them back up at oh, their uh, yeah, game. absolutely. And I really enjoy their free dance. It's to music from the Batman soundtrack, and the Batman was a newer movie that came out, I think, last year. And so the soundtrack, the score, not a lot of people are as familiar with it, but I think it really suits them because they're super dynamic. So the Grand Prix finalists, uh, Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier, Charlene Guignard and Marco Fabri, Laurence Fournier-Baudry and Nikolai Sorensen, Madison Chalk and Evan Bates, Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson, and Caitlin Hawag and Jean-Luc Baker. Oh, that's going to be a good final. Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of teams in there who are qualifying for their first final, and that's um, Laurence and Nikolai, as well as Lila and Lewis. This will be their first trip. Caitlin and Jean-Luc, I believe, qualified a couple of 2018. years ago. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while. So I'm excited to, to see this shake out in um, a couple of, yeah, just a couple of weeks in Italy. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. 
Well, these were not the only competitions that took place last week. Um, Tillin Trophy for junior and senior men and women um, also took place, as well as NRW Trophy, singles and dance, including junior, senior, and advanced novice, and Japan Junior Nationals. We have the results for all of those competitions, and we are going to link those in our show notes, as we usually do. Well, moving on to general skating news, U.S. Figure Skating posted the names of all the athletes that will compete at the 2023 U.S. Championships in January. You know, we went through sectionals and finals um, last week on our show, Um, and I unfortunately... Did not mention Michael Z as winning junior men at Pacific Coast Sectionals. And I want to apologize for that. Um, And I look forward to seeing Michael compete in San Jose. And I want to thank uh, listener Grace, who reached out to us to let us know about that. But I was trying to keep track of so many sectionals and finals. (laughs) I was bound to forget somebody. And I apologize to Michael that I forgot that he won the junior men at Pacific Coast. It was so hectic, like, keeping track of everything. I'm glad it was at uh, the ice dance final because it made things easier as far as, you know, the ice dance competitions. But, um, yeah, that was a lot to track and keep, <laughs> yeah. keep on top of. Well, the weekend ticket packages, the weekend finals ticket packages are now on sale for the U.S. championships. Um, of course, the event's going to take place between um, January 23rd through 29th. But they are selling the weekend finals. I think it's just a Saturday, Sunday uh, for all four disciplines. Individual tickets are going to go on sale this week. They're also going to offer unique fan experiences such as meet and greets with a previous champion as well as Zamboni rides and more. And Gina, I remember. (laughs) Detroit. (laughs) Yes, I rode the Zamboni in Detroit at Nationals uh, before the men's free skate. Um, That was not a fan experience. That just happened to be that I happened to say within an earshot of of a Zamboni driver that my bucket list was to ride a Zamboni. And because where the media was, um, where our seats were, we were right near the Zamboni entrance. So he heard it and he said, hop on board. So I did. I rode the Zamboni at the 2019 U.S. Championships. So if you would like to have that experience, you can do that in San Jose. Yes. <laughs> well, more ticket news. A single session tickets are on sale today. So that's November 28th for the 2023 Canadian National Championships. And that's January 9th to the 15th in Oshawa, Ontario. A pre-sale was held last week. Tickets for the 2023 U.S. Synchronized Skating Championships are now on sale. The event's going to take place March 1st through the 4th in Peoria, Illinois. And now the ISU announced that the Institutional Partner of the World Ice Skating Day is Inclusive Skating. Now, I know IceDance.com has done some articles about inclusive skating, which provides skaters with any form of disability or impairment equal participation in ice skating sports. Inclusive Skating will host its virtual world championships along with several in-person events December 3rd to the 4th in conjunction with World Ice Skating Day. But uh, if you want to know a little bit more about inclusive skating, definitely check out icedance.com's articles you guys did about it. I will definitely include that in the show notes. Yeah, we did a two-part series and talked with 
the folks behind the scenes um, of this amazing program and also talked with one of the competitors. It's a pretty fantastic um, organization that focuses on really helping anyone who wants to skate be able to if they have a disability you know whatever the disability Mm -hmm. they're trying to include everyone so moving on to recent interviews over at the fan zone there's this great article by claire cludier about christina carrera and anthony ponomarenko being ready for a reset it talks about their challenges of changing coaches adjusting to their new training environment and more so that's a great read Also at the Fan Zone, Nathan Chen discussed his new book, One Jump at a Time. I got my book this week and have already started reading it. I know, Daphne, have you got an audio book? I have the audio (laughs) book, and so I'm going to start that this week. We're hoping that maybe for a future podcast, we'll be able to discuss it. And you know what, Gina? I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we had one of our listeners join us for that conversation? Ooh, that would be good. So if you are reading Nathan's book and plan to finish it in the next week or two, would like to have a discussion with us, please reach out because we'd love yeah, to have you on the show with us to talk about it. Yeah, that would be great. And we'll tell you how you can get a hold of us in a second. Yes. So in addition to the Today Show, Nathan was also on New York Live to talk about his book. Yes. Well, Olympics in Canada, Piper and Paul, uh, there was an article about their post-Olympics and the decision to return and the making of their Evita program um, that has been a decade in the making. Yes. So BBC.com did an interview with Beijing 22 medalist Alexa Kinnear and Brandon Fraser uh, talking about the moment being gone as they continue to wait for their medals. And one of the quotes I thought um, that really summed things up well uh, was from Alexa Kinnear. And she said, we were bringing home a medal for our country, which just felt so much bigger and greater. And to go home right after the Olympics and show and tell this beautiful medal to people at home who been who have seen something they never thought was possible. These are the moments I wish we were able to have. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's stunning that it still has not been resolved. Yeah. And they're not the only ones who are waiting for this opportunity because there are also medalists, the other medalists from the U S team, as well as the bronze medalists uh, from Japan who are still waiting to have their moment. Well, Ice Skating International Online did a video interview with Alexa and Brandon at MK John Wilson Trophy. Um, it, the interview was done by Tatiana Flaud, and it's on their YouTube channel. Skating Finland talked with Ilya Malinin, um, who was on the ice in Grand Prix Espa, as we talked about. The article is in Finnish, but you can translate it using the Google Translator. Talks about... Ilya returning to regular life after landing the first quad axle in history. Can you imagine? <laughs> Just going right back to the regular stuff. Right. Um, Golden Skate posted a video interview with Charlene Guignard and Marco Fabri from MK John Wilson Trophy. It's basically the uh, title is We Are Not Tired. 
I think it's because Grignard and Fabry are two of the older Mm -hmm. uh, ice dance competitors who are still competing. So um, that may be where the title came from. But they certainly don't look tired from the performances that I've seen. Yeah, I like that title. That's good. We're not tired. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Well, moving on to our social media updates. Canada's Nadia Bashinska posted a vlog called A Week in the Life of a Figure Skater, and it's on her YouTube channel. She's got some other videos on there, so check it out. Yeah, she's been posting little vlogs here and there, and I think it's great because it gives you insight into yeah. her life as a skater and um, and what it takes. Like, yeah. So Kathy Reed posted this beautiful photo of her with her sister Allison at NHK Trophy last week. Um, Saul, who is Allison's partner, uh, they represent Lithuania, actually took the photo. The last time Kathy and Allison were able to be together was at the funeral for their brother, Chris, which was two and a half years ago, which I still can't believe. I mean, I watched Kathy and Chris grow up in the sport, uh, skating when they were skating, um, in the U S up through the novice level. And then. I saw, you know, watched them go Mm -hmm. on to skate for Japan and go to the Olympics. And I've watched Allison, too, like, come up through the sport. And I'm still sad that he's gone. Mm -hmm. He and Kathy had plans to continue the development of skating in Japan. Mm -hmm. And Kathy is doing that. Oh, she totally is. Yeah. She is doing it. (laughs) She's got some younger teams. She's got the top junior team in Japan. She's got the top, not, I think, yeah, she has the top novice team as well. She's really doing such a great job, and I know he'd be very proud of her. Yeah, I think that's why she's she's, hasn't seen her sister. I mean, you know, her sister's training in Montreal, right? And, you know, she's just so busy with what she's doing um, in Japan, you know, that they didn't get to see each other. And here they got to see each other at NHK Trophy. And this was a really nice photo and a nice post. What Kathy Mm -hmm. said about her younger sister, um, which is really nice. And so hopefully they'll get to see more of each other. um, And I know they're both making Chris proud. Definitely both making Chris proud. With Worlds in Japan, there's a good opportunity Uh, for them to see each other again uh, soon. Switzerland's Lucas Britschke posted an Instagram story message that this past Friday he broke his collarbone and he broke it on Thursday, it seems, and will be out for what he is saying, hopefully a short time. So we wish him the best of luck and hope he will um, be back on the ice soon. Um, Coach Corey Aid also posted an update on her Facebook page. She has been battling cancer and she posted a nice update there. Um, in, in thanking some people who have been good support system for her during this time. And so we will, uh, you can check out her post in our show notes. Yes. The skating community really came together for Corey. Mm-hmm. And that was such a, an amazing thing to see mm-hmm. how they really just got behind her to uh, support her during this really difficult time yeah so yeah. i was happy to see that she posted an update yeah. on how things are going yes so moving on to our upcoming events for the week we have no grand prix events no challengers but 
we still have events taking place. Skate Canada Challenge takes place November 30th to December 3rd in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Live streaming and other info we will put in our show notes. Um, That competition includes senior men, dance pairs and women, and junior men, dance pairs and women. And this is the event to determine who goes to Canadians. Yes, it is. And the Santa Claus Cup takes place from November 28th through December 4th, Budapest, Hungary. It's a singles and dance competition. I love the name of this competition. (laughs) It just sounds like it's fun, like a winter wonderland. The logo has Santa Claus on it. It does. So it It gets you just into the holiday spirit. Yeah, I feel (laughs) like this would be a fun competition to like be part of. Yeah. The U.S. is going to send dance teams to this competition, including two dance teams that are at the advanced novice level. So Sylvia Lee and Rowan LeCoque, uh, who just won the Ice Dance Final, um, and Annalise Stapert and Maxim Karatkov will be competing in the Advanced Novice event. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, excited to see the U.S. sending teams to this. Um, Leah Nesset and Artem Markalov will compete in the junior event, and Lorraine McNamara and Anton Spiridonov will compete in the senior event. While we were talking about him earlier, Nathan Chen will be signing copies of his new book, One Jump at a Time, My Story, at the Barnes & Noble at the Derby Street Shops in Hingham, Massachusetts, on December 3rd from 12 to 2 p.m. So if you're in the area, you go and get your book signed by Nathan. I am checking to see if Nathan is doing any more book signings Um you know, this month or, well, I should say in December or in January, um, I will, we will keep you posted as soon as I hear any more information from his agent about, um, any possible additional book signings. So the Bryant Park tree lighting in New York city will take place on November 29th at 6 PM. There are going to be performances by Mariah Nagasu, Polina Edmonds, Ryan Bradley, Una and Gage Brown, the Hayden Nats, and figure skating in Harlem. Well, another tree lighting is taking place in Providence, Rhode Island, with performances by Jason Brown, Karen Chen, Marissa Costelli, and more. It's hosted by Nancy Kerrigan, and it's Saturday, December 3rd at 4 p.m. And the Boston Common Frog Pond tree lighting show is going to be on Thursday, December 1st at 5 p.m. And we mentioned it earlier, the ISU's World Ice Skating Day is December 4th, and we will put more information in our show notes, and we will probably have more information to talk about uh, in next week's episode. Check us out on social media because we are going to share more information there as it becomes available because there seems to be little bits, little tidbits coming out here and there. So we want to be able to share that for you. Um, yes. It's Christmas time. There are lots of Christmas shows, performances. Let us know what your skating club is doing. If they're doing a Christmas show, we're happy to feature it on the podcast to share it with anyone who's listening who might be local. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? You can find us on our website. It's thisweekinskating.com and on social media, Facebook and Instagram. It's This Week in Skating and Twitter at this wk in skating again we love your feedback or your questions again christmas shows if you're reading nathan's book and would like to come and talk to us about it 
on the podcast. You can reach out to us on social media or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support that we've received via email and social media. Uh, Thank you to everyone who reached out about my recovery. I appreciate your messages. Um, I'm doing better. Um, We did hear from Jorge, who said, congratulations. Yours is my favorite podcast and is great. Greetings from Chile. Thank you for reaching out, Jorge. We appreciate that. It's really cool. We've got someone listening all the way in Chile. (laughs) I know. It's the skating world. (laughs) Is a big world, but a small world at the <laughs> same is. time. Yeah. And Jennifer, who we got to talk with at Skate America, she tweeted, I'm tearing up listening to Jason, Daphne, and Gina talk about nationals and how special it is. They perfectly captured why I have to be there every year. Also, Jason is the best person on earth. No contest. Aw, thanks, Jennifer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it, so much fun talking to him. Yes, it is. And talking was- about nationals. I mean... Yeah, it was so much fun talking to Jason and, you know, people who've been to nationals knows, know that it's a special, it's a special event. There's no way to really describe it unless you've been there and it's why we go every year. It's why a lot of fans like Jennifer go every year. You you know, once you go, it's hard not to go because it's not the same watching it at home. So I totally get what Jennifer's talking about. And, and I think, you know, definitely Jason really captured that in, in our conversation with him. We really had a good conversation about that. And I want to say one more thing. If you did not catch the Jason podcast, please, you know, we will put a link again in our show notes for it. Definitely check it out. I just want to give one little quick teaser I kind of stumped Jason at the end of the podcast. You have to listen all the way through. But I kind of threw a hard question at him. You did. I did. That was so much fun. And he didn't have an answer for it. So that's all I'm going to say. You just may have to um, listen if you haven't listened already. We will get an answer from him (laughs) at some point. We will, definitely. Gina, you're right about nationals because I went for the first time in 2006. The only one that I have missed is 2021. There's just something special about being all together with people who enjoy the sport and respect what the athletes are doing. It's just really a wonderful experience. So I'm looking forward to to going to San Jose. Yeah, me too. So we end our podcast with uh, checking in at what IDC and FSO are up to. I posted Anne's I Stands final article, uh, She checks in with a bunch of teams about a bunch of different things. With competitions like the Ice Dance Final, we try to focus on the stories beyond the skating. Uh, The results speak for themselves. There are protocols. You can see who landed what, all of that information. We try to focus on stories that you may not know. And so Anne did a great article talking with a bunch of the teams at the different levels about a lot of things, about some of their special interests outside of skating. Um, as well as, you know, special connections that they have with each other. All of the photos from NHK and Sheffield are now up. I want to thank Abriel for helping me with the editing on those. Um, I really appreciate it. Coming this week are picks from Japan Junior Nationals. Harumi was on site when they crowned their their champion. And uh, Grand Prix Espa will be coming 
soon, so watch for those. Well, over at FSO, photos from NHK Trophy and Grand Prix Espa are up. Well, I'm working on Espa still, but NHK <laughs> Trophy is up. Um, and I'm also doing um, a piece called, I've been doing this all Grand Prix. It's just kind of some storylines from the you know Grand Prix that weren't just about the medalists. Um, and so this one I'm calling Espa Explanations is coming out uh, this week. It'll be out this week sometime. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week. <laughs>